Welcome to Your Future, Your Way, where we explore the many ways to reach your academic and professional goals. Whether you are a recent grad, considering career advancement, or even changing careers, this podcast is for you. There is more than one way to do higher education. This is Your Future, Your Way. Before we start, we want you to know that the views, information, or opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of the Division of Continuing Studies, the University of Wisconsin-Madison, or the Board of Regents. Hello, everybody. My name is Zach Benson. I am an enrollment coach at the University of Wisconsin-Madison with the Professional Degrees and Certificates programs. And uh, I am here with another enrollment coach, Emma, and we are going to talk about some tips for how to make your application stand out. Hey, Emma, how are we doing? To get started, can you briefly describe what an enrollment coach does? Hey, Zach, I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be here on the show with you today. And like you said, we're both enrollment coaches, and we have the important privilege of sharing information about UW's program offerings with prospective students. We help them find the right program based on their academic and professional goals. And then once they've identified a program or programs that meet their needs, we guide them through the application process and answer any questions that pop up along the way. Awesome. Thanks, Emma. In today's episode, we are going to share some tips for requesting letters of recommendation. So let's start with the basics. What should prospective students do before asking for a letter of rec? The first step in the process is to make sure you know the number of recommendations you need to include in the application. Since the quantity varies by program, typically, a committee will ask for three letters, but you always want to double check that requirement on the program's website. Some programs don't require a letter of recommendation at all, so it really wouldn't be a good use of your time to seek them out. I often get this question. If a program doesn't require a letter of recommendation, should a prospective student still submit one? The answer is probably not. A letter might help support your case if you're worried about an academic record or other factors, but it's most likely that the committee's not even going to look at it. Great tip, Emma. And to that point, I've talked to some students uh, who have asked if they can send in additional letters of recommendation. And typically, there is an equity component to making sure that all students are, or I should say all applicants, are reviewed based on the same number of application materials. So um, oftentimes it won't be reviewed and it's always worth an ask to the enrollment coach or to the program itself um, if that's something someone is interested in. So after you know how many letters you need, it's time to make a list of potential recommenders. Who do you suggest that prospective students talk to? Well, I always say that if it's possible, you should include at least one from a faculty member or an academic advisor who can speak to your academic abilities. Some folks, it's been too long since they were in school to have easy access to that. But if you can get that, it's really great to have one person on your list, at least, who comes from an academic source. You can also use recommendations from a current or former employer or colleagues who have experience working with you. Another option is to ask somebody who oversaw you in a volunteer opportunity. The most important thing is to ask people who know you on a professional basis, not a personal one. For example, your favorite cousin who you grew up with might be able to speak very highly of you, but not in an academic or professional context. Yeah, that's a great point. And I know a lot of applicants ask if it matters if the recommender has some connection to the program or the content of the program. 
Um, in general, that's a great idea. If they do have that connection, it's not going to hurt a recommendation, but it's not always possible for everyone. So if that's the case for an applicant, and if that's the case for someone listening, then think of instead about choosing recommenders who, like you said, know you in a professional setting or have supervised the work that you've done and can speak to it. But also think about the strength of the relationship. I've seen it before where someone will ask for a letter of recommendation for someone who is like their boss's boss's boss. And that doesn't always work very well because in the letter, you can tell that they don't know them very well. Um, and that comes through. So it can often be better to ask someone who is much closer to your day-to-day -day work, uh, who can really speak to your aptitude, your soft skills, things like that. This episode of Your Future, Your Way comes from UW-Madison Professional Programs, offering over 90 graduate-level programs, including online and evening and weekend options for working adults. For more details, visit us at go.wisc.edu pro. I want to ask your opinion on something, Zach. In terms of timing, when should applicants ask recommenders to provide letters? Yeah, it's an important question. I think there's two things to think about. One, of course, is when is the application deadline? And the other is what about the recommender's schedule? Some recommenders may be incredibly busy. Um, and so I always say it's good to at least provide a month between when you ask and when the application deadline is so that you have enough time to get it in and they have enough time to receive the email. And then in, even if they have a busy life, get enough nudges from you, they can probably find time in a month. Good thinking, Zach. And you said receive the email. So let me talk about that. UW-Madison recommenders submit the letters via the application portal. Applicants don't collect those letters and submit them themselves. So the recommender receives an email request that comes directly from the grad school's portal. Yep, that's right. So when you put their contact information in the portal, within a few business days, they'll get that request. So it's really important to ask them in a timely manner before you put their information in the portal so that they aren't surprised by an email that they haven't talked to you about. So I'd always say, try to talk to them if you can in person, if not on the phone or via video. Uh, so it gives you an opportunity to get that FaceTime, make sure they know it's important to you. And then you can always share information with them as well about the importance of their letter in your application. And you can share your own application materials. That's always a really, really good thing to do if you have that option. If you already have your statement of purpose written, if you already have your resume that you're going to use in the application ready to go, you can provide the recommender that information and it can help them kind of tunnel into the things that you're also trying to highlight. It can help them reinforce what you would like them to reinforce uh, in your other application materials. Those are such great things to keep in mind. And I'll add one more thing. I often suggest if you know your recommender is an especially busy person, an applicant could write a draft letter themselves and have the recommender edit it with their personal touch. And that's a terrific way to save a busy faculty member or supervisor some time on their schedule. And one other tip, after your contact has agreed to prepare a letter of recommendation, email them to say thank you and then use it as an opportunity, like you said, to provide those supporting materials. The most common missing material for applications is the letter of recommendation. So this is something to really be on top of. Yep, absolutely. And one thing to your point that I get questions about is whether or not it's okay to provide a draft of a letter to a, or a recommender so that they can kind of modify it or use the draft as is. 
And I think some people are surprised to hear that's not necessarily a bad thing. You can save them time. As long as the recommender consents to using the content that you wrote for them, then it's not a problem. Yep. That's a tip I actually learned from a recommender when I was applying to grad school. She asked me to write a draft and I was surprised, but it completely made sense. And I wrote up the draft and sent it over to her. Yeah, not a bad, not a bad plan sometimes. Let's talk about the best practices for following up with a recommender to make sure that they did submit the letter on time. Okay, so let's talk about that. I'm pretty obsessed with my digital calendar. And if that works for you, um, be sure to put a few reminders on your calendar to check the status of your recommendations. You can check that status in the application portal. I suggest setting a reminder um, for a week before the application is due, and if it's still not submitted, a day before the deadline. The application portal is designed so you can send recommenders a nudge through that, but you might also want to send them a follow-up email because sometimes they won't see those automated nudges. Yeah, great tip. It's always, of course, a good idea to be very conscientious of your recommender's time and understand that they're, they're always very busy with their own life and they're, they're doing you a favor, but it does take a, a little bit of a nudge sometimes. Yes, definitely. And always, always, always say thank you. A handwritten note after you submit your application is an important milestone and an opportune time to express your gratitude. It's always great to keep them posted on the outcome of your application too. These are probably people that know you well and they're excited. And so you want to, we want to update them. You want to let them know, hey, um, I got it submitted. Hey, I got accepted, hopefully, and let them know about what's going on in your grad school life. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Share the win. All right. One more thing before we wrap up then. Let's talk about us enrollment coaches. Uh, how do you think that we can best help with letters of recommendation? Well, Zach, unfortunately, you know, we can't write those letters for our applicants, even though sometimes we've had long conversations with them and we know them really well, but we're still here to be a sounding board and support. An enrollment coach can help brainstorm appropriate recommenders based on your experience. And we can also talk you through materials to provide to your recommenders and provide other guidance to make sure you get the most from your recommenders. Yeah, that's right. There really is no such thing as a stupid question when it comes to us. We're here for the big ones and the small ones. So if anyone has any questions about the programs at UW or want to talk to someone about their letters of recommendation, please feel free to email us at coach at pdc.wisc.edu and enrollment coach will follow up. Thanks so much for inviting me to talk with you today. And thanks to everyone out there listening to our application assistance takeover. Best of luck with your application on Wisconsin. Join us next time to learn more about professional programs at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Learn how to shape your future your way.